Phoenix Suns are coming off their best win of the season. Devin Booker is healthy and back in the lineup. Is this the moment they finally hit the ground running? We'll break down last night's great victory and what comes next on today's episode of Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com, the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Happy Friday here to close out your week. If you have not already, hit follow or subscribe wherever you're finding us. We're free and available on all platforms including YouTube. So just hit that button, get this show in your feed every single Monday through Friday, become an everydayer and get locked onto the suns right along with me every single day from now through the end of the season. You can also see the show description for locked on suns, insider text alert signups, where you'll get video breakdowns, reaction to suns, rumors, every single suns rumor and game day in person insights straight to your phone, as well as my TikTok, where you can get game reactions and more. Talk you a little bit about that as the show rolls. Aaron Edwards is here as he is every Friday. That game was so impressive. We're going to hit it twice, and Aaron was in the building just like I was. So uh, we'll we'll talk on both ends of the court why the Suns might finally be looking like the team we thought they would be. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with the personal supply of five antibiotics that treat fifty plus infections. Straight to your house. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Okay, Aaron, I'll, I'll give you the floor here to start us off because I did my immediate reaction to this game last night after I got home from it, but you were there too. Blowout win, kind of wire to wire, just dominated. What stood out to you most from that game and did it feel like maybe a little closer to what we expected like a month ago when the season actually started. Uh, yeah, especially just the the pace. Like, the pace is probably the thing that I like the most. It was, especially off misses and makes, it just looked smoother. I don't know why Anthony uh, Edwards was taking, like, picking up book at, like, half court, though. Like, that was just, I think for a team that's that great at defense, maybe they were just going to test that calf to see if he really could move. But I just think picking up Book that high up and giving him that much space, especially as he's a willing three-point shooter now, like he will chuck them up now. I think that just puts stress on their defense and just the pace of the whole thing, even in the half court and in the full court, it just seemed like the pace finally made sense and there wasn't all these turnovers. Like the decision-making is just so much better with Book on the floor. Yeah, the decision-making was clear from the jump in terms of the turnovers. They did it, uh, made a couple of mistakes early and then, pretty much just flipped a switch and, and limited themselves to less than 10, which is awesome to see. Fourth quarter didn't end up getting too close, but you know at least slammed the door shut to start the fourth quarter. But you talked about pace in the half court being part of what we saw too. And uh, first, uh, Anthony Edwards, that, that side of things. Um, Eddie Johnson, I w- re-watched the broadcast this morning and he was going crazy about it, and I don't blame him. It was a weird strategy. But in the half court, you know, it's just the... 
it's just the control we've been talking about with book for you know dating back to last season i think people i saw online i think it was on the sun subreddit there was a thread that the original poster said you know book reminded him of chris paul last night and yeah in terms of like the the thing that kept coming through my head was just like it's one thing to score or create at a high level against the defense but booker like the way that he did that last night he pretty much neutralized gobert like there's the decision making and the the decisiveness and the patience that he has when he's at his kind of peak of his powers it's like there's plays where he doesn't even allow gobert to get involved because he pulls up for a jumper before gobert is even knows what's up or yeah. he's not even allowing gobert to execute whatever coverage he wants on a screen because he's just already to the basket uh rejecting the screen and just going because gobert is just taking his sweet time to get up there and try to contain and and do that type of thing not to mention transition and all the rest so it's not even just that he was efficient and all that it's that he the game was played on his terms last night and i i think that's the part that has only started to develop for him recently, but it's why the Suns were so comfortable that he could be their point guard. And, and that made Durant and him laugh last night, but that's, that's what it always was. Yeah. I think he just gives you, and we talked about that earlier. It's just the flexibility at with book at point to let you do things with the lineup that you usually wouldn't do in the second half. There was a Booker, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, KD and Nurk lineup. Like, I don't think without book, like he would be willing to do something like that, especially with how book plays well on defense and just how his decision making is. He is a point guard. And I think you can put the best shooters on your team out there with him because his decision making is probably the best that we've seen it. I also think if you're going back even further, one more game, but I was ready to say, and I, I did mention it on, on both episodes talking about the game, that the defensive performance through most of the first three quarters against Oklahoma City was pretty solid, in my opinion. And I think uh, last night you add to they're starting to come together on the defensive end of the floor and locked on Suns insider subscribers with those those text alerts will get a link to a video tomorrow um, Friday with my breakdown of the past couple defensive performances so you can hit that link in the show description to, to get a video version but it's coming together they are helping and rotating and aware of what they're trying to do in a way that I don't think they were early in the season when you're letting Devin Vassell look like, you know, <laughs> peak Clay Thompson or, or whatever out there. And some of those moments that look pretty ugly, they're just on a string at a pretty high level and knowing how to use, I would, I wouldn't even say use their size and length cause they played small a lot last night, but it's almost yeah, how to make up for it. Right. It's yeah. almost how to make up for the lack of it in a way that I, I don't think we saw early in the year. And that might have been what made Vogel feel like he had to play so big. And so it does feel like defensively, a lot of things are coming together. They're throwing out crazy zones and different things like that. And, and just feeling like a Frank Vogel defense, I think, for the first time all year, too, on top of Booker being back. Yeah, I think the especially KD, he was really good at the rim uh, last game. Like he's been a lot more comfortable with helping Nurk backside. And that's just 
what if KD's another seven footer, if he's the one starting your break off of defensive possessions, then I just think in general, KD is like really locked in on defense on backside D and like we have book one of the better on ball defenders now. Like I think that once that gets to get like, they've, they're starting to finally like get the feel of the whole thing. And we're getting some lineups that we're probably going to see more often. Like it's been switching around so much. These dudes kind of haven't really gotten used to like the pace with each other even. So I think once those lineups are really set, especially with book and I'm thinking it's going to be Grayson a lot more than Eric Gordon. I think Grayson's a pretty good point of attack. They try to attack him specifically on defense a lot, but he's been holding his own pretty well. He has. And if Anthony Edwards can't necessarily do it, or the Suns are able to scheme up enough help that somebody like Grayson Allen can get away with guarding Anthony Edwards, then I don't see a, a lot of nights where that's going to become an issue for you. So I like that look. I think expecting to rely on Gordon to be at his best every night and, you know, just take those matchups and things at his age and, you know, with his injury history, not like anything super significant, but, you know, not a guy who's always playing 82 games. I just think keeping him in a smaller role now that we've seen Grayson step up makes sense. But you talk about the rotation overall. I thought last night was a pretty good template for what it, it can be because if you can go yeah. small against Minnesota and and win and, and dominate and, and play the game on your terms, and yeah, it's the second night of a back-to-back for the Wolves, and you know, I, I don't think Ant was his best. Gobert was non-existent. You know, there there were some obvious steps back that that team took that probably won't last, but if you can play small against that group and win, I think you can play small against most groups. Grayson Allen just being one part of that. So I like Bates Diop maybe playing more like 15 to 20 minutes or even, you know, 15, 10 to 15. And maybe then that's how you get him more comfortable and ready on both ends. And maybe there's nights where he does play more. But I do think yeah. at a certain point you have to kind of settle things in a little bit and be patient with yes we have different varieties of what our starting lineup can be but also we're like trying to win a championship you know what i mean i think you, yeah. you kind of have to start to find that balance now that that booker and beal are coming back yeah i feel like it's not like yet but i think before like you can do the plank around with the lineup stuff but before may you gotta know you gotta know who <laughs> and i think that he's kind of locking into that now like a he's been looking better but you know that logo likes long rangey guys and if bates diop can get into that defensive mindset that vocal wants him to he's probably going to see the floor more than a yeah, I think so. All right, let's talk about big picture here because the Suns have the Jazz twice and a pretty cushy part of their schedule coming up right on time with the health getting into what they want it to look like. We'll break down where we are looking next and how this Suns team can, again, finally hit the ground running. First, today's show brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book. There's no better time to get in with FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 straight into your account. 
as long as your team wins. We have the Arizona Cardinals, who are four-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in Houston, playing apparently the NFL MVP. I don't know where that all came from, but we'll see how that all goes. The Cardinals might upset that narrative in Houston this weekend. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel again, no better time to get in. The app is easy to use. Wide range of betting betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's keep it rolling. The Suns now, Aaron, are 11th in net rating, 11th in offensive rating, and 13th in defensive rating. And that's pretty solid for a team that is uh, below 500. They are the best team of the losing teams, if you look at it that way. Um, <laughs> the Clippers actually are 12th in net rating, despite being 3-7. and seven. Some of the weird early season stuff that can happen here. But basically, the big picture stats show that the Suns are still where you would like to see them. And they have the Jazz Friday and Sunday, both on the road, but... Those are winnable games. They dominated Utah once already this year. Then you have Portland, Golden State, Memphis, New York, Toronto, and then maybe a little bit of a tougher stretch after that with Denver on December 1st. But does it feel to you like this is a moment where the Suns might start to rip off some wins and get some positive attention and just remind everybody that they are a title contender and they are kind of for real so to speak yeah i was thinking like if this was the time where we were finally going to be healthy like especially like we should be able to rip off a couple wins if not the like most of the ones you just named warriors are probably going to be without steph and draymond next wednesday and so like even that one should be pretty simple it yeah like with denver being so far out i was talking yesterday i was like it's a shock that we played the lakers like five times already (laughs) and we haven't played denver yet but i've kind of liked how the schedule shook out because we would not have been ready health-wise if we played them any earlier and they're just clicking on all cylinders right now so i think if we can rip off a couple for of these next couple games and get above 500 and start like warming up the Denver game will be a good test, especially if everybody plays. I know Jamal Burry's going to be out, but I think it'll be a good test regardless of when we do finally match up with them. Yeah, it's it it's always weird because I don't know if even if they had played everybody, if it was going to necessarily tell us a lot because I, I did expect this team to take a little while to, to come together, but... We might look back on it. I'm, I'm not sure, but we might look back on the beginning of the season as a time where at least the rotation stuff got solved, even though there was so much chaos with who was active and who wasn't and all that. Yeah, I don't know if schematically I feel like they're locked in or, or close to it, but at the very least, I think the defensive principles are coming along because it sort of doesn't matter who's in there as long as your centers and Durant and Nakogi and some of the unique yeah. pieces on the roster are healthy, that stuff can be developed. And then, again, just who's playing from a rotation standpoint. Like, those things came, and, and now you put the pieces back into place, and hopefully it is just sort of like a, you know, push the button to on and, and go from there. I, I think they should be able to win – they should be above 500 heading into into December. Let me put it that way. You know, they're 5 and 6 right now. 
we I, I just listed off the next, I think, seven games, and you mentioned the Warriors. That's that's the one that obviously has the best team, the best opponent. It's a home game for Phoenix. It is on the second night of a back to back. Even if you say that's a loss and you know, maybe they drop another one, that still is, you know, a, a five and two stretch, and that gets them back to that would be ten and eight. Like that's that's what we're talking about here, and I think Suns fans will feel a lot better about ten and eight than they will, uh, you know, five and six or four and six, and and losing games at home and and falling apart in the fourth quarter. It just feels like this is going to be a stabilizing stretch, and I don't. You never know. I'm not trying to say that guys can only have one absence in a season, but usually come into December, we're already starting to worry about when the Booker absence might start. Hopefully that's just out of the way this year and we just saw it finish yeah. up. That That's another silver lining, a light at the end of the tunnel type thing to look at, I think. Yeah, I think it's much better that he got this out of the way early and I'm just glad that they let him get it out of the way early. I think it like, like last year, they just let him tough out that groin for way too long and it could have been a disaster, honestly, like the fact that he came back even as soon as he did. So I'm glad they didn't let him just it like get tight with us losing games and try to rush them back. Uh, this team was always going to take a while to go. So I'm just glad they didn't freak out with the injuries and like the slow starts and not even just slow starts. Like the games we looked good, we just blew a lot of leads. So I think like with that, they knew what we had and how good we looked on offense for the most part. And we didn't necessarily need book. We just needed to finish games. I'm curious from your standpoint in the West is there do you feel like the Suns are in a different spot or is the pecking order different after about a month of the season than you expected or has not has anything changed for you in terms of top to bottom what you're expecting the West to look like come playoff time not really I mean it's kind of hard because there's so much uncertainty in it like I still yeah, don't really early. know who's good. <laughs> yeah, I still don't really know who's good or who's bad. Like Memphis, like they're missing literally their best player. The Clippers had subtraction by addition, I think. <laughs> so I like don't really know like who's what. Like I think the Clippers, like it's fun to make fun of them, but I think they are gonna end up getting better. I think they are gonna figure stuff out because I do think Ty Lue is a good coach. But like for the most part, like I think Denver's the only team we know because they have the best player in the NBA and we know that they move as he moves. So they're always going to be fine. I think Minnesota and Houston are pretty legit. Not not going to be the top, you know, three and four yeah. seeds. But I think those two teams are real and are going to be better than they were last year and probably each be a higher seed than they were last year. And I think that's plus Oklahoma City, which we all expected, but just seeing it, that's three teams that are, are taking a leap, and nobody's really like projecting to take a huge step back. Somebody's going to fall out. Maybe yeah. it is the Clippers. Yeah. Maybe it is, the obviously, the Grizzlies being an obvious candidate right now, but Pelicans, you never know, on and on. But that's the thing that I think complicates this, is it, it puts more pressure on, I think, the regular season, where... Last year, it was like, all right, there's about six teams we know are really like the best six. Maybe they're not all going to make the top six seeds, but we kind of know who that is. This year, it's like, 
you have to make sure you're in that top six seed because <laughs> if you're not, all of a sudden you're going to end up ninth out of nowhere and playing for your life on the road to even start your postseason. Like, I think that there's just more teams now in a way that I wasn't maybe expecting going in. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think the matchup-wise, like, there's a lot of teams that are up and coming. Like, you can be a good team that ends up getting OKC first, and I think that's just not what anybody, like, would want to start off. And I think it's going to be a lot of those kind of scenarios for anybody. Like, it's just going to be, like, the Lakers and – all of a sudden they're playing the Mavericks because they dropped a couple or something. Like I think matchups is you can't really play the matchup games. I think everybody's going to end up a tough matchup and you just got to get in how you get in. Like, like you can't just squeak through these teams are going to be all clustered together so closely. I think you're going to get in and see, you're going to have a tough matchup probably because that's just kind of how these teams are looking at the moment. Yeah. I would have thought Denver might, come back to earth a little bit and that the the Murray injury would affect their regular season record it doesn't necessarily seem like that's going to happen so you know if if the Suns want to have home court up until Denver I mean that that they're not close to that right now so you know yeah. it's only three games for now but this type of stretch where you're healthy at least with your best two guys and hitting a, a soft spot in your schedule these are the moments where you need to take advantage so We'll see if they're able to do that. Uh, let's start looking a little bit at this Jazz matchup, just because it is somebody that the Suns play twice in a row. And where the Suns stand in the in-season tournament, too. Might as well check in on that. We'll get into those two topics next. First, today's show brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together each day. And I value that. We all value that here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's why we're here for you. And today we want to get a little more personal. We just learned through our partners at Jace Medical that you can now get a one-year supply on ED medications as part of your package with Jace. You can bring that on extended travel, make it through the next natural disaster or supply chain issue might go on in your region. You're covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generic prescription. And that's possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. You can go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive a 12-month supply on your daily medication. And when you do, remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get a discount as well. A verified customer sent us a quote saying they are thankful for the service to get supply chain issues out of the way. They were cutting pills in half. They ordered their daily meds through Jace with a year supply as well as an antibiotic kit through their Jace case and got prices lower than their local pharmacy. So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a one-year supply of any daily medication as well as tons of antibiotics to choose from as well, you can go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you or that loved one. Remember to use that promo code Locked On when you do at checkout for $20 off your purchase. That's promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's close out the show, Aaron. Utah Jazz hosting the Suns for a doubleheader this weekend, Friday and Sunday. I have watched, I think, two Jazz games this year, one of which was the Suns <laughs> playing them, and they are currently 4-7, 24th in the NBA in net rating. They are... Seeming to struggle to get John Collins in there, not having quite the same success as they did. You know, maybe you could even really point to the Mike Conley trade as kind of when things started to 
to shift and not having that steady point guard presence, trying to run stuff through guys like Taylor Horton Tucker or their rookie Keontae George. I think this is a Suns, uh, a team that the Suns should be able to beat up on in very similar fashion to what they just did the first time that they played them. I think that if you can control the possession game, turn defense into offense, and at least just match their size and physicality, which is one thing I think the Jazz do well, even on the road, I think the Suns should be able to take care of business uh, in both of these games. Yeah, and I think, like, Grayson hit eight threes the last time against them. Like, I don't think we're going to need that, like, obviously. But I think just having a point guard out there with Book and a dude that could score on all three levels, like, I think it's going to be pretty simple. And we're probably going to get Nurk more involved. He played really well, like, for what we asked him to do yesterday, I think. like he. I thought so, right too. Passes. His minutes went down, but I thought he had a good first yeah. half. I think Eubanks just had such a good stretch and he was putting so much pressure on them in the pick and roll, like just by being quicker <laughs> that you just had to keep them in for uh, in against or against Minnesota. But Nurk for what he was asked to do was pretty good too. He had to be big. He had to just lean on Gobert and make it t- tough for him. And that's what he did. Like I, he plays well against bigs that can't really like score and do the same things that he does that it's not like the ant or like MB thing. I think other bigs who are just as like quick as him, he's pretty fine against. Yeah, the Jazz are the worst half-court defense in the NBA so far this season. They've had to, or not had to, they've been starting Keontae George as their point guard so far recently. They don't have Walker Kessler healthy. This, this is just a team that, you know, you, you just have to kind of dominate, I think, you know. Um, they have the the upside of three point shooters getting hot, and you know Markkanen is is yeah. capable of of exploding. But with without their best defender, without a point of attack defender that you're worried about, like Booker should just be able to do what I mean. He just did it against the best defense in the NBA. He probably yeah. should be able to do it against one of the worst defenses in the NBA. Um, is there anything anything fun or? interesting that you at least want to like check out with Utah because we're not going to see them again for a while from a Suns fan standpoint because that's three matchups in the first month of the season so anything it's like check this out or are you just moving on from the Utah Jazz after this weekend probably just moving on from them which is crazy because they were such a big part of our lives like I wanted remember I wanted Jordan Clarkson really bad last year (laughs) and now like every and I was willing to just give up a first maybe for him like it's just Mm -hmm. wild how where we are now compared to where we were then and yeah like I wish that Jordan Clarkson played on a better team and he got to like show his skills in like a playoff or something and like play for like Memphis or somebody and help them out but yeah like it's just they they're just the jazz like they were supposed to be sellers last year and they didn't sell so yeah they might finally be this year that's the the one maybe upside of them struggling is if you're a team that wants a a kelly olenic or a colin sexton or a jordan clarkson or any of these guys probably can get them this year in a way that you couldn't last year they kind of sold i got you know they got rid of of conley and they got rid of uh vanderbilt and beasley those were on their team right yeah um, so yeah. we'll see, but in season tournament, the Suns have only played one game, which of course was last Friday against the Lakers. They lost. That's the game that you probably figure might end up determining this whole thing, this group 
because the Suns and Lakers were clearly the best teams in this group once Memphis dealt with the jaw suspension. But that doesn't mean the Lakers can't drop one. They they do some weird stuff, and guys could be in, inactive. You know, it's it's the Lakers. So I think the Suns still have a chance here. If they can go into Utah and win, they have the Blazers next Tuesday at home. They should easily win that one. And then Black Friday, they have at Memphis. How much do you care about this? Have, has the NBA convinced you that this matters? Do you think the Suns care about this? I, I know they showed a clip of Frank Vogel last Friday saying, like, let's take this trophy and then take the next one type of thing. So maybe they do. What are your thoughts on the in-season tournament? Because the Suns missed, like, the two of the first three nights of this thing, and now they're going to get three in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's fine once I start seeing the Suns play in them, I guess. Like, I just haven't seen the team I like play in the game. So (laughs) it's hard to get up for it when you're seeing – it seems like every other game I watch is an in-season tournament, but I haven't really – I saw the Suns play in one, and they blew a fourth-quarter lead. Like, that's all I can really take from it until I can see them actually play in them and what the tournament is going to look like finally can be clearer to me as the Suns play the game. Yeah, I – Honestly, I know there's been a lot of debate about, like, is it actually making the games more competitive or whatever? I don't super care about that, but I'm also the type of person that I like the regular season anyway, so I'm not trying to, like, search for reasons to care or I don't necessarily feel like the players take it as easy as the common, you know, perception would suggest that they do, that they just somehow are, like, going through the motions for 82 games and don't play hard and this and that. I've never thought that. So I think some of that gets a little overblown just because now it's like the league is telling us they want the regular season to matter. So now we have to like overcorrect and say it, it never yeah. mattered before. And, and just create stuff. like a winter classic. I don't know where like, yeah, like I didn't need like a college tournament to happen for the NBA. I love fall basketball like it's still the beginning of the season like i'm not tired of basketball just because there's not a tournament involved i wanted to watch people hoop and seems like they've always been hooping the same like lebron's not gonna test the sore ankle just because it's an in-season tournament i just don't think they're gonna do that (laughs) yeah exactly it's like you know we haven't talked about beal because there's not anything new to say here but it's like the Suns are like, let's rush him back because it's a in-season tourney game against Utah. We have to win our group. I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but I do think what Doc Rivers said on the Bill Simmons podcast kind of got my attention in terms of how teams handle the knockout rounds. Do they go for it as if it's a finals game? Like the strategy of playing in those actual games once we get there, which isn't too far away. It's like two and a half weeks from now, we'll be seeing that. That'll interest me. I, I think the knockout rounds are going to be great. I think teams will care. It's You're just telling people, hey, this one is going to get you money and a trophy like we just agreed on. They compete pretty hard already. You give them 10% more to care about. They play 10% harder. The games are going to be 10% better. So I'm, I'm obviously in on that. But yeah, we'll see how yeah, the Suns think, approach it. Yeah, when it comes to athletes, you add the word eliminated to anything and I swear it just turns up the notch a little bit more. Like regardless of what sport it is, it could be poker, it can be anything, it could be cooking PB and J's. Like if yeah. you add the word elimination to it, they're gonna play harder. That's just how it goes. Cause elimination has the most negative connotations and nobody wants to be eliminated from anything. It's national TV, you're flying to Vegas, you're playing it in a neutral court, it's gonna be another good team. I think the people who are like, 
again, thinking it won't matter to anybody at all, that's also wrong. I, I don't think it necessarily needed all this to matter. I think it mattered before, but to your point, the competitiveness is going to come out. It doesn't take a lot. Like, you know, these yeah. guys might just be better <laughs> at hiding it than they used to be because they know that it doesn't make them look great. If they're like, yeah, I can't like chill when I'm playing anything, then, you know, they're going <laughs> to yeah. get a, you know, it's going to become a joke yeah. on them or whatever, but they're going to, yeah. they're going to play hard once it comes down to it. So I hope the Suns are in it for that reason because I just want to see them be pushed. Yeah, a lot of them haven't had to do anything like this since like college or some of them high school. Like they haven't yeah. been in a like a tournament where they go to a neutral court and play against each other since like AAU for some of these dudes, the March Madness for some of these guys. So I think like they play sports long enough. I think it's going to charge them up a little bit, especially with this been the first one. Five years down the line, we'll see. But I think the first one is going to be pretty fun. All right, Suns Jazz Sunday night. Friday night, we'll see how they look. 8 o'clock local, which kind of sucks, but I believe that's... No, that's 8 o'clock in, in Utah now, too. So, okay, uh, a little yeah. bit late for everybody. See if the Suns can get one on the win column in the group stage here and get back closer to and hopefully past 500. That'll wrap us up for the week. Hit follow or subscribe wherever you're finding the show to get a new one in your feed every day. Show description below. Locked on Suns insider text alerts, including a defensive breakdown video coming straight to your phone tomorrow on Friday and TikToks after every game, plus any news there as well. I'll talk to you guys next week.